Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Arskadden coming to you live from Chile, North Carolina. And today we have uh, some interesting things to get into, some good, some bad, and things we want to continue to pray about as we continue to stand on the wall praying for the office of the president. And today we want to continue our journey and really reference back to some of the things we learned last week in 2 Kings 23. And I want to focus on a short passage in Deuteronomy 18, where we see the Lord outlining uh, some foundations of the importance of relying upon Christ in this season and in the season ahead as we're going through dethroning the thrones of iniquity. And today we want to deal with some uh, things that may be in our, our family's past or things we may have done unknowingly and dealing with um, things that are in opposition to God, to say the least. And so I'm going to bring it up here in Deuteronomy 18. I want to look at verses 10 through 12. And we're, we're going through here, portion of this is, is coming out of... The wilderness into the land and establishing themselves in the land as the Lord has portioned off um, for the different tribes. And then ending here in the beginning of verse eight or chapter 18 where the Levites portion is. And then we get into uh, some things that have been forbidden. And he goes on to and says in verse 9, When you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of these nations. There shall not be found among you any who makes his son or daughters pass through the fire one who used divination, one who practices witchcraft, or one who in, interprets omens and or a sorcerer. And remember this verse in verse 10. It says, There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire. What did we see in 2 Kings 23? And actually, I want to pull it up because it reminds us. 2 Kings 23, verse 10, as in Deuteronomy 18, 10, he also, um, Josiah, defiled Topeth or is known as a place of burning, which is in the valley of the son of Hamon, that no man might make his son or his daughter pass through the fire for Molech. So we see this is what the Israelites were doing before Josiah destroyed the temple. And beforehand, this is what Josiah would have had the priest read and saying, this is forbidden. And when he saw them do it, that's when he came convi- became convicted and repented repented, mourned, uh, had a time of lamentation to be able to um, remove those idols and bring them down. Now, we go on in verse 11 in Deuteronomy 18, or one, going through some of the things that they were forbidden to do, or one who casts a spell, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. And 
different times throughout Israel history. They've done portions of things. And you go in and read um, the rest of Second Kings 23 and some of 22 talks about a host of different things that they're doing there that kind of fall in line with these things that the Lord says is forbidden. And then finally closing in verse 12 for this. For whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord, and because of these detestable things, the Lord God will drive them out before you. So we see here the Lord offering a clear warning, and the prayer point today is to confess any occult in your bloodline as sin. Uh, Ultimately, occult forces align with false religions, including Freemasonry, and to ultimately declare yourself righteous through Christ, as we see in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things pass away. Behold, new things have come. And that's the foundation we want to take today as we realize the true power of the blood of Jesus Christ in knowing that we are made and living it out new through Christ because of his sacrifice on the cross and ultimately being trying to hopefully put ourselves in the position of being the example of standing and being the ambassador for Christ and his, the kingdom of God in this nation and in this land. Okay, now some interesting things to get to today, things we want to pray for this administration for um, as now the midterms are slowly uh, coming to an end. It's taken a week and will possibly take a month as with Alaska and then obviously with the runoff in Georgia. So some things fall out. We'll get to that here in a second. But first, we see a mighty, mighty uh, command uh, or more so request from the Biden administration to Netanyahu as he looks to form his government. The Biden administration asked the... Uh, Ask is a very nice word. Netanyahu to appoint a politician that the U.S. government can work with in roles of defense minister and public secretary minister. Uh, This is being reported by YNET News Tuesday morning during our middle of the night in Israel. Um, So this is something we really need to pray for. And, And this is not anything new that Certain administrations wouldn't do before. They would just make sure it didn't get out and get public. But for some reason, this administration just has this lackadaisical attitude and things get out there and people leak things. This is bad for public relations because if Netanyahu puts somebody in who the administration doesn't like, what does that tell the person who's being put in positions? Now, there is this, the fact that Israel has the right to sovereignly make its own decisions, obviously with input from the U.S., should be quiet, but um, if said people who get put in positions aren't in favor and in right standing with the Biden administration, it builds for a tenuous relationship uh, in the days ahead. And there are this current administration, our administration, has issues with who uh, Netanyahu's made a deal with to get in leadership to possibly be in these two positions. But it's still yet to be determined. They have to form a government. There's rumors that they're already preparing for uh, a ceremony for the new Knesset to be formally put together, uh, be brought in. So looks like Netanyahu is moving forward with forming his government. Uh, and just something to 
pray for this administration is to have the wisdom of the Lord in this situation to let Israel sovereignly decide their own decisions, as we would hope that other nations would sovereignly let us make our own decisions as well. Um, so something's going on there. And then the question arose and has started to rise now that the midterms are over. What does this administration do in regards to the JCPOA or better known as the Iran nuclear deal? Now, while this question arose, you have Jake Sullivan pictured here for those um, watching and those on podcast uh, showing an article from Jerusalem Post that shows Jake Sullivan where he came out and this statement is from the White House website uh, saying he's deeply concerned Jake Sullivan is on behalf of the Biden administration deeply concerned with the crackdown of protest the complete government overreach of sham arrests of students, journalists and civil activists who are standing up to, to the current administration within Iran um, for how it is handling the protests uh, involving the removal of burqas via women and the beating of women, uh, of a of a female in Iran and now there are best way to put it a, a mass executions about to come for these protesters because they stood up against the government that is someone who does not have free speech uh, we're not there yet but that's where this leads to i.e. 1930s Germany what it led to speaking out against the government was not necessarily something uh, of high favor and so what's interesting with this comment made by Jake Sullivan of speaking out against the protests and, and the in Iran the potential mass um, executions for people who are speaking out against the government and the tyranny that goes on there showing that the people in Iran don't fully stand behind this government even though they are in power and have been for quite some time and I go back to the the issue of well what does this administration do involving the Iran nuclear deal there's rumors either way some say no you know we talked about Francis Macron saying no that could possibly be a good thing as they're heavily involved does Jake Sullivan, the Biden administration, ignore that? Kind of kick France out, kick the UK out? Still yet to be determined, as the US and Russia and Iran have been the three biggest players involved in this deal. So, um, just again, continue to pray for wisdom and fear and revelation for this administration to, to, to stand, again, stand in, in line with Israel and for the peace of Jerusalem um, as now they're f for the next year, year and a half free to do whatever they so choose. And, and if they feel like they can do something via the power of the pen, there's nothing to necessarily stop them from doing that. So um, continue, we'll, we'll continue to follow this story um, as things move forward. Now, Domestically, in some elections, it is being reported by a lot of news organizations, and this is from the Wall Street Journal, that it looks like the House will hold for, uh, or will flip to GOP House majority leadership um, as they're one seat away, and with things going off in, in um, California leaning certain ways. I'm going to pull this map up here from Real Clear Politics um, about where things sit. Um, 
Wall Street Journal call is calling the Colorado seat, uh, Bobart seat for her, and then there's some in um, California as well that are showing, not fully reported, but they'll they're flipping to or, or some of them holding GOP. And one of the interesting things through that is there's still some races still that have 20, 30, 40 percent coming out of California. So we talked about yesterday of the, I think the 11 uh, races that haven't been called out in California, five of them just needed to go towards uh, Republican candidates and they were looking like they were based upon where analysis was. And so it's interesting to see this come out uh, now, calling this for that, for the GOP. Now, I do want to talk a little bit about the governor's race in Arizona, as right now it's being called for Hobbs with some big drops last night and ballots being counted. Um, you have a lot of organizations, news organizations, Decision Desk HQ, Wall Street Journal, AP, all just coming out and saying, okay, Hobbs won. That's it. Move on. Let's go on. I'm, I'm just going to report the news here of now after all this comes in, you have the Arizona Republicans and Carrie Lake's campaign officially accusing Maricopa County of voter suppression because they believe that's where this election um, and more so throughout the entire state of Arizona, that's where the election hinges. They could be right. They could be wrong. They felt like they saw something early on. The results aren't showing what they saw. Is it real? Is it not? I think it's yet to be determined. Um, there are some question marks involved. Is Even if they counted those votes, what about the votes that came in late, late quote-unquote? Um, and one of the things that they're doing is they're asking voters who possibly would have voted Republican to, and this is straight from Carrie Lake's Twitter feed, is saying that if there was an issue with your ballot or an issue of voting on election day, please submit that information here. They give their website, um, basically saying, hey, go check. Also, they're saying, go check your ballot, saying it may not have been counted, and they give a link to that. Um, share with everyone you know. Um, send to every person you know uh, to check the status of their ballot, basically making sure your voice is heard. And that's true. And that's the thing we've been praying against is that if this type of stuff is going on where they're not counting the ballots, making sure people's voices aren't heard, then this is something that does need to be dealt with if it is at such a high level that the Republicans and Lake campaign believe that it is. Now, there's an issue of whether it really is or do these late ballots that came in swing the vote so much in favor of Hobbs um, to where she wins the governorship? Something that's also interesting. You've probably put this together, but I just want to um, reiterate this. is Katie Hobbs, who is the current Secretary of State in Arizona, is running for governor of Arizona. In Arizona, the Secretary of State's office is over the elections for governor of Arizona. Katie Hobbs will be in the position to audit the election for governor of Arizona in favor of possibly getting herself into the position of governor of Arizona. Conflict of interest? Uh, I think everyone in this world would say yes, but depending on your morals, if you have morals, uh, whether you think she should take a step aside, I think is... Uh, beyond reason and, and beyond the point now. And so Katie Hobbs will be the person in charge as Secretary of State of Arizona to oversee the audit moving forward with who wins 
the election for governor of Arizona. Quite interesting. Okay. So we see that the Senate is pretty much holding the same. Uh, they're calling uh, Arizona for Kelly. Um, so Democrats look like right now they have a 50-49 lead depending on what happens in Georgia. So either way you put it, uh, Democrats hold majority within the Senate because of the tiebreaker vote, which would be Kamala Harris, who is obviously going to stay in favor of what the Democrats do and what President Biden wants to do. And there's a host of issues going on there as well. Um, moving forward, I, I want to point this out because I think this is this is very realistic. Is so we see the Biden administration yesterday and our most of the last couple of days point out and extending the emergency decree for saying pandemic is still going, COVID is still going on, we need uh, to stay in this environment, um, which is how they were able to push the universal mail-out balloting for certain states. And do they extend it on, um, you know, now till April, furthering till that, extended after that, and then continuing on till the possible next presidential election? I'm not saying that's what they're going to do. I'm just saying, could they? Possibly, possibly not. You just, you can decide for yourself what you think is going to happen. Um, but one thing I think is very, very crucial for us to understand that this isn't something that is just happening because of COVID. Oh, we need to do this because of COVID, like some people are saying. We read yesterday in Daniel 9 where the Lord, through a vision that Daniel had, the four beasts, and Daniel was given the interpretation that the fourth beast would change time and law. That's why we say it's a spirit, not necessarily the peop, the person. You have to look behind the per, behind the person to the spirit that's making, that's operating through them. And I want to specifically talk about this um, story from the Daily Wire from Hank Berrien that says COVID gave Dems chance to force mail-in balloting. They've been trying since 2009, and possibly before then. And it goes on to say, mail-in balloting, which has substantially changed results around the country since it was widely implemented in 2002, 2020 excuse me, during the COVID crisis, has been pushed by the Democratic Party for over a decade. COVID gave several key states the chance to implement mail-in voting, something Democrats at the federal level have been seeking since 2009 when California Democrat Representative Susan Davis introduced H.R. 1604, the Universal Right to Mail by Vote Act in 2009. In 1978, California became the first state to permit voters to obtain an absentee ballot without citing a reason. No, she said, no evidence exists suggesting that potential for fraud in absentee balloting is greater than the potential for fraud by any other method of voting, the bill claimed. Basically, ah, fraud happens, so what? Let's just do this anyways. That, that, that's the line of reasoning there. The leftist ACLU chimed in with its support, writing, the bill would give all voters the choice of voting by mail by eliminating the unnecessary, burdensome, and often intrusive requirements that some states impose on voter requesting absentee ballots, meaning you have to state a reason of why you're not going to be there on the election day to be able to vote. 
Florida does that. Look how its election comes out. You don't ask questions about what happens in Florida because they know it's up to par because people got caught cheating before, twice, 2016 and 2018, uh, and, and they had to change their laws, and they actually had to follow the laws that were on the book in Florida. I live there in the county where it happened, in, in Broward County. Now, the article goes on to say, at about the same time, a bill titled Boating Opportunity and Technology Enhancement Rights Act of 2009 was sponsored by noteworthy leftist House Democrats, including James Conyers of Michigan and Gerald Nadler of New York, better known as Jerry Nadler. The bill demanded a nation national federal write-in absentee ballot, adding an otherwise eligible national federal write-in absentee ballot shall be counted if postmarked or signed before the close of the polls on election day and received by the appropriate state election office on or before the date, which is 10 days after the date of the election or the date provided for recipient of absentee ballots under state law, whichever is later. Basically, what's happening in Nevada and Arizona was pushed for in 2009 by Jerry Nadler and John Conyers. This is nothing new. The bill extended that each state shall notify in writing any individual who has been convicted, uh, and it goes on to talk about criminals uh, being able to vote in um, federal elections. It goes on to talk about the first time really absentee ballots were used during the Civil War as men were fighting in the Civil War, so it gave them a chance to be able to vote. And nobody has a problem with, look, if you can't make it, that's great. But just because you don't want to go vote on, on election day, for what reason? That's that, that's not how election day works. And so because these nefarious things come up. And so it's an issue of what's going on in Arizona, Nevada, that needs to be dealt with. Again, what's happening right now in Arizona, Nevada, and California, and all these places where they're taking in ballots 10 days after the fact is a problem and something that needs to be dealt with. The issue is, is that they tried to pass it via COVID, the Emergency Health Act. And in Pennsylvania, they said you can't do this. And people still voted the way they voted. That's fine. That's fine. If that's how they want to vote, that's how they want to vote. Think Because it, it reveals a bigger problem than just changing the laws to get the outcome that you wanted. That's, that's the huge issue. And I think that's something that people need to come to an understanding. Is it right? Questionable. Is how they're doing it now up to par? Are they even under the new laws, doing things the correct way, that I think is yet to be discovered. Um, and the question that still arises about what's going on. Now, despite all this going on, the Lord warning us years and years ago uh, through Daniel, we see now in today's day and age the push for new leadership now in the GOP and even in the Democratic Party. Most likely, Chuck Schumer will stay in position of power. There's talk of now Nancy Pelosi being pushed out. Will she retire? Who knows? She even says, if 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 I'm not in politics, I'll still have sway over the Democratic Party as she looks to move from California to Florida. Um, but despite all that, in real time, we're seeing the potential for a challenge to RNC Chair Ronna McDonald as it is being reported that she ten intends to run for re-election. The biggest challenger that has come up is Lee Zeldin out of New York, who has done a very, very good job. Despite losing the election in New York, 
he did a very good job of understanding the issues in New York and then trying to deal with them. And there is an interview from a New York uh, elected representative, Congressman-elect George Santos, that I would love to play the video, but for some reason it's not working, where he was interviewed with Fox yesterday um, by Fox's Sandra Smith, talking about what should be the plan for Republicans coming in as they hold majority in the House. And he said it straight out. He said these investigations should be last priority. We have crime, we have economic issues, we have energy issues that need to be dealt with first, rather than this eye for an eye investigations that will be completely and utterly fruitless and useless. Nothing will come out of it. Uh, I, I don't have to be uh, uh, um, somebody who looks into the future. It's just go look back in history. Where has any of these investigations bear, born fruit? Even the January 6th committee had said, yeah, this is pointless. We're just doing this because we want to. So um, I think it's good. Could Lee Zeldin be the person who re- who leads the RNC? Possibly. It's something to be decided. And the reason I bring this up is because the leadership within the Republican Party and the GOP has to decide if they want to go forward in having no plan, having no agenda, have nothing. Because remember in the 2020 election presidential campaign, the RNC put no pl- new platform p- forward. They just said whatever Trump wants. That's If that's the strategy you want to go with, that's fine. Then make it your party platform and decide where you want to go. Because I'll say this right now is the RNC platform that was there in 2016 and the Trump plan in 2020 were, were somewhat at odds. Um, it, and one issue was the gay marriage issue. And so that's something that needs to be resolved there. Of Okay, where does this party go forward? Where do they stand on certain issues? That's something that needs to be determined. And then you also have, again, we've talked about it before. The cha- People are going to try to challenge Kevin McCarthy. It's all hogwash. Um, it's a nothing burger. It's not really going to happen because you even have Marjorie Taylor Greene coming out and saying, look, this would be a bad strategy um, to try to split from the Freedom ha- uh, House Caucus to try to split the GOP, the, the Republicans, because you're going to have a razor-thin razor margin, possibly 218, 219. They thought they were going to have 224, um, 222 uh, seats there, which would give you some wiggle room. Uh, but in reality, is look, it, you have to stick together, is what she says, and that's what Democrats do. And that's why they're able to be so successful and push forward this agenda, because they don't give up. That's what Daniel Seven talked about. Is this spirit would try to wear down the believers to give up, and, and that's what we're seeing. That's what it's a spirit, not necessarily a person. But I want to close on this: a great, great, great victory out of Oregon, where sanity, to say the least, uh, came forward via this last election, where a. Uh, long-held Democrat blue um, seat in Oregon was flipped, which is part of the reason why the GOP has a hold in the House. 
where Republican Lori Chavez de Romer flipped a long-held Democratic seat in Oregon, putting the GOP one step closer to the House majority. And this article was written before. Um, a lot of the results came out last night where she defeated Jamie McLeod Skinner, who was a hard, hard uh, progressive. She expressed re- support for the Green New Deal, Medicaid for All, and a host of other things. And really, this is a moderate district in Oregon, and they went with a more moderate candidate. Um, again, I go back to the Chris Reed prophecy about how he said is watch out for the West, West Coast. Um, they will surprise you. This is a surprise. Um, so it, it's showing the intended purpose of the separation of powers by the founding fathers. And it's showing that even though the margins aren't what political pundits said would be of the red wave and the red tsunami, there is somewhat a balance of power to keep this administration in check. We still have the courts who are somewhat doing their job right now of holding this administration in check, um, specifically on the issue of the student loan forgiveness and more will be needed to keep the government tyrannical overreach in check while um, the heart of the people turn back towards the father and and walk away from whatever practice may not be in line with the heart of the father in this nation and for the destiny of this nation so let's continue to pray continue to stand um and, and continuing only to put our hope in god and not in man and in these elections because at the end of the day is with the reason i wanted to talk about that story in iran with this protest is because what's happening right now in Iran and in China with the outpouring, complete outpouring of the Holy Spirit, not by anything man has done. There are some small rem- remnants of men there, but is the complete outpouring of the Holy Spirit where these hardened Muslims are having dreams and encounters with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and they are turning from their wicked ways to the Father. And something's happening in Iran because of that. And what we're seeing is fruits and remnants of that. And it's only something that we could pray and hope for. As you listen to our my dad's podcast this morning, of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit from all the four winds of the earth. The four the, the four four dis whatever. The four areas of the earth. It's an outpouring not just from the United States but from everywhere around the world. And so we want to continue to be here, being a part of that for our nation, praying for that for our nation, as the Lord is showing an outpouring for those in Iran and China and elsewhere as well. So blessings, and I will see you guys later. Have a good one.